Episode 231 of the Bevan James Isle Show. Are you thinking motivation first? Right, team, welcome along to episode 231 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviors that create a lifetime love of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Welcome along to the show. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Actually, today's show is off the cuff. It's off the cuff completely because I had an interview lined up. Um, it's going to be on my next episode. And I got a text from this morning saying um, I've got COVID and I'm not feeling good. So fair enough. We had, to, we had to kind of postpone that, and they'll probably be on the next episode. Really cool interview. Uh, I'm really forward to interviewing this person. A, because I've coached them in a really hard challenge and I've achieved really well. And B, they are a very high-level business person in fitness. So they've got some really important stuff to, to kind of share around health and fitness. Uh, so I was kind of suddenly thought, because often, you know, when you're going to – with this podcast, here's, the, here's, the, here's a little inside knowledge for you. With this podcast, it's easier when I have a guest. Because I don't really have to do any prep. You know, I'll do a little bit of research on the person I'm guesting with. But to be honest, I'm not someone who spends a huge amount of time doing research on my the interviews I have. Because I like I like kind of going in a bit curious. And just kind of just having a conversation and learning from the person. So I want a, a general overview. But I don't want, like, I don't necessarily have to read their body of work or anything like that. Uh, and, but when it's a Bevan show, I normally do a bit more prep. And it will, you know, I'll be spending a bit of time beforehand. I'll kind of know the subject I'm going to talk about for a few days beforehand. And then I'll do a bit of prep before I actually get and push record on the show. Well, today, I haven't had that time. And so I kind of went, when I got the text saying that they couldn't do the interview, I was thinking to myself, what am I going to talk about today? What am I going to talk about today? And then I've been having this really interesting experience with people who are struggling with exercise recently, and, and there's been some really good insight in there. And so in today's show, I'm going to talk about motivation and what I've learned in talking to people who aren't exercising around motivation and maybe some strategies to put in place. So if you are someone who, who lacks motivation, you might be interested to listen to this. Even if you are someone who thinks you're pretty good at motivation, I'm sure there'll be some good insight in it for you. Just one other thing I do want to, uh, and I may have talked about this on the episode before, but I just think one thing, this is probably more for people who are the yo-yo type of exerciser or someone who can fall away with exercise when things get a bit tough. Uh, and two, I want to give two examples. So we've had a couple of people recently have just had some tough experiences in their life and in our running group and even myself on Saturday. So, not that I had a tough experience on Saturday, but sometimes with exercise, we need to change our why. Sometimes with exercise, we need to change our why. And actually, I'm thinking of one of our runners I went up to this morning. She's recently lost a family member, a really tragic family member experience. And, you know, this morning's session was an 80-minute hard run. Like, it was a really challenging run. And it was her first run back, and I went up to her and I said, over this next period of time, Running for you is all for your head. And so your job is to take any pressure off that would stop you from turning up to running. So if you turn up on a day and you just want to take an easy run, we're going to put no pressure on you. If you turn up you want to smash yourself, by all means, get out there and smash yourself. But the most important thing is you change your why for running right now. Now, normally for this person, their why for running is performance. Their, their why for running is to become a better runner, is to, to develop themselves, to grow, to achieve goals. But in this moment, Obviously, through a, a tragic moment in her life, 
Her wife are running right now is more about looking after her headspace. And we all know that exercise is a really healthy way to deal with the, the struggles of our life. And so it was really important for me to go up to this person and let them know that we give them permission. Like, oh, we're not going to put pressure on them to, to absolutely destroy themselves in the session because it's actually not what their why needs to be. The most important thing is they just keep turning up. And some days that means they're going to take it easy and some days it means that they won't want to kind of destroy themselves in the session. But the most important thing is to remind themselves of the most what they try to need to get out of the exercise right now is that mental health. And I just think this is a really important thing, particularly for people who do find you can fall away from exercise when things get a bit busy. And I was going to talk about my Saturday. So um, I had an issue with one of my marketing things recently, and it's an issue that's a, it's a big problem for my business, and, and I haven't been able to find a solution. It kind of happened to me on Friday. So then on Saturday, I had my runners, and then basically I got home from runners about 930 and through at about four o'clock, I'm just trying to solve this problem. And it was a really frustrating problem, which I, I still haven't found the answer for, to be honest. But I, I, I'm sure I'll get there. But it's it's been a bit overwhelming. And I got to the end of the day, and you know, I'd been up since maybe 4.45 in the morning. Uh, it'd been a really big morning for the runners. I'd been running with the runners in the morning, so I'd already done some physical activity. But on my list of things to do, I'd written that I'd go for a run that day. Now, normally, most people at the end of a day like that, so imagine a day where you're up at 4.40 in the morning, you're coaching runners through to 9.30, uh, you get home, and then you're, you know, you're, you're overwhelmed with a problem, which is really stressful, like hugely stressful. And basically, from 9.30 through to 4, I don't think I've had, I don't think I had lunch, and I'm normally pretty good at stopping and stuff like this. I just kept trying to solve this problem. And then I think I finished work at about 4.30, maybe even 5. So I went, you know, just nonstop in this kind of stress. And I didn't even really find the solution I want. I threw some options out there that maybe can help me, but I didn't find the solution that I had. Now, in this moment here, I had my run planned. And, I, I, you know, I had a run planned. I wanted to do an hour. I've got my favorite loop. I'm, we're very lucky where we live. We've got this beautiful trail called Harriel, which is just up the road from us. And then behind there, you go up behind the hill and you, there's this kind of, you're kind of running between this kind of steep, rugged kind of tree-lined kind of hilly trail. And then you open up in these beautiful views. It's, it's one of my favorite hour runs I can do. And I got to the end of my day and I knew that I needed to go that run for a stress release from my day. Now, was it a performance run? No. Was it a run where I was going to try beat any records? No. Could I have justified not doing the run because I'd had a really stressful day? Yeah. But I thought of my wife going for this run. And also, I'd been listening to this. I love music. If you, if you listen to this, you probably know I love music. And my, one of my favorite content creators on YouTube is a guy called Rick Beato. Rick Beato is, if you love music, follow Rick Beato. This guy's I think a few episodes ago I talked about the concept of one of the most attractive things in life is a knowledgeable person who's passionate about something. You know, someone who has knowledge and passion. And Rick Briotto, if you love music, oh my God, I, I love watching his work. And it, the night before, kind of before I went to bed, Joe had gone to bed a little bit earlier because she was a bit tired. And I was just watching a clip of Rick Briotto talk about in a Radiohead album, which was The Beans and OK Computer, which are two of my favourite albums of all time. Like Radiohead at a certain moment in my life were my favourite band. And he's he was kind of doing a comparison of both these albums. And in my mind, when I went to bed that night, I thought, tomorrow when I go for a run, I'm going to listen to The Bends. So I kind of had this motivation of listening to songs I love, which I had this association with. And then I got to the end of this day and I thought, 
I need to go for a run right now because I need a healthy stress release. So I'm going to get out the door. I'm going to do my favorite trail. I'm going to put no pressure on how I'm going to run. It's just get out the door, go for a run. And I'm going to put the bends on and go for a run. Now, by putting that why in place, I had no resistance. I didn't have to fight myself to get out the door. It wasn't like lethargic, oh, come on, I was you know, trying to kick myself up the butt to get me to start. Because I knew I needed that stress release from my day, and because I needed that offload, I was, it was much, because I had the right why, it was much easier for me to get out the door. I got out the door, I actually ended up having quite a strong run, considering I'm just getting back into running, I, I actually ran really strong, and it was a beautiful day, that music got me, the serene scenery, and I just felt good. So it was just another example of now, obviously with the run this morning, they're, they're experiencing a big life thing, you know, that, that loss of a loved one. But even in the days where we are stressed, or those little moments in life where maybe sometimes we're talking ourselves out of doing exercise, it's a really good technique just to ask yourself, what is a good why for me to turn up to exercise right now? Like for me on Saturday, a good why was, I need a healthy stress release. I've been stressed, it had been a pretty full on day. And I've got to say, I went back from that run, and the stress that I'd felt through that day had been dissolved. And then Joe and I went out for dinner, we had a really nice connection time at dinner, and it was a really good experience. Now, if I hadn't have gone for that run, I imagine I would have gone for dinner with Joe, and the problem of the day still would have been in my head. So my ability to connect and be present with my wife would have been a lot less because I didn't go for that run, and the reason I went for the run was because I put that why in place. So when you're thinking about exercise, and maybe in times where you're finding resistance to exercise, and sometimes they are really real resistance, sometimes it is that you've just been overwhelmed or you're fatigued, or something big's happened in life, maybe ask yourself, what's the right why for me to get out the door and exercise right now? Now when you put the right why in place, sometimes as well what you can do is you can also give yourself permission. So like again, this morning for this run, I said, you know, it's not about performance right now. You can have easy runs. And on Saturday, if I'd had an easy run, I would have been fine with it because that wasn't my why. So sometimes if you're finding resistance to exercise and you know you want to kind of shift that, maybe just reflect upon what is your why that will help you exercise today. Because I guarantee if you can use that tool, A, you'll keep the exercise in your life. And, and in all of the situations like the thing I often say to people is you never regret exercising. You never do. The only time you probably regret exercising if there's an injury. But just getting out the door and doing some exercise, you never get to the end and go, man, I really regret going for a run. You know, you just don't do it. Exercise always comes with reward. And if you can remember your why and you get to do exercise, there will be a reward that comes with that why which will help you better in the bigger picture of your life. So that's my first thing today. Now, I'm about to get into the main gist of today's show, but before I do, I want to say a big thank you to the patrons of the show. These are people who donate some of their hard-earned money my way each time I do an episode of the show. And when you become a patron, you get a cool Bevan James I'll Show nickname. And I just want to say a big thank you to all, first of all, all the people who are patrons. And I'm just pulling up my list to name a few of these people. We've got Sue, the only way is up chisel. We've got Denise, Abfab Dana. We've got Nathan, the hurricane. We've got Marie Jane, Magic Mariko, we've got Katrina, the architect, and Kim, searching further, Anderson Hadley. These people are all patrons of the show. If you want to become a patron, again, just go to my podcast, Bevan James Isle Show, go podcast, support me, go through the process. Again, each time I release an episode, you just donate some of your money my way. Now, I just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons. Um, it really means a lot. Thank If you know you're a patron of the show, 
Thank you so much for your support. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of the show. So if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you know I have my beginner running product called Get Up to Five. And Get Up to Five has been going cheap as creepers, probably 12 years. I think we started it in 2010. So it's been going for 12 years now. We've we've had nearly 5,000 people do their 5K finish, you know, have 5K finishes. Uh, we have a really high success rate. We have nearly a 90% success rate of people who join the program in running 5Ks. And I'm really proud of that because our target market is non-exercisers, struggles with exercise both physically and mentally and have many many barriers that come with it and so you know this is one of my biggest legacies of my my work in my career is our ability to help these people be successful with exercise and again really proud of what we've achieved but one of the hardest things about that aspect of our business is getting people to join and you know as I was saying before we've been going for 12 years and I don't think it's something I've ever really cracked. And like, for example, you know, when you look at the amount of people who click on our ads or sign up to win a free entry to our program, our conversion rate's never been that high. And so what that shows, what's always kind of shown me is it's shown me that there's a lot of people who want to do what we do, but there's something from stopping them do it. And so over the years, I've, you know, it's kind of been a problem that I've always been trying to crack. And I don't know if I've ever really, nearly, really cracked it. You know, like there's been moments when I've had slightly better sales uh, and there's been moments where it hasn't been as good. And, and there was a period there, I think I've talked on the show in the past, I tried to do a walking program that was trying to get people get to get ready to go running. And I couldn't give that away. And so, you know, and we're a paid product. So you could argue, well, there's a price point problem. And, you know, so for the longest time, I've just been trying to crack it. Now, we've done well. We, we get enough people in the group. The business has done well. But in comparison to how many people show interest to how many people join, the number has not been that good. And then I'm always trying to learn. I think learning is a big part of the human experience. And I, and I think we should all be trying to learn, particularly in areas that are important to us. So for me, business is an important area of my life. And recently, I've been doing some learning from this guy who I think is just a rock star business thinker, his thinking ability is absolutely mind-blowing when it comes to looking at business. And I've got to be honest, it's you know sometimes in life you kind of get open to the next level of thinking and it kind of makes you feel, I think I talked about this in a couple of episodes ago, it just makes you feel, I don't know, that not dumb, but oh wow, I didn't even see, you know, I've just seen colours I can't see. And but I'm, I'm, for me, I'm not the person that gets debilitated by that. I get inspired by that because I think, wow, you know, I've already created this point with, without knowing this stuff. What can I do now that I know this stuff? And so I've been learning from this guy. And, and one thing I've learned from this guy is you've got to talk to people on the phone, particularly if you're trying to get sale across the line. Now, I'm not someone who necessarily wants to spend my life on the phone doing phone calls for sales for people. But in this last period of time, I wanted to figure out what he was teaching me was actually true. And there's a few techniques that you need to do before you even get them on the phone. And I won't go into detail about that around now, but it's basically making people qualified. And what, what we're talking about here is, A, are they the kind of person who actually want to use your product and can use your product? And B, how do you make them realize that, they need to make some change. And there's some steps you do before you even get on the phone. But if you do that stuff well, then they actually are quite happy for you to call them. And that's a really important thing. It's not doing cold calling. It's actually in calling someone who's engaged in what you have to offer and realize that maybe you could help them. 
And uh, through learning the process I've learned from this guy, I've realised I've finally cracked how we can guarantee sales. Because over the last period of time, I've been doing some sales phone calls and I'm probably converting, you know, converting is getting people to join the group. I'm probably converting 70 to 80% of them. Like if I get someone on the phone, they're going to join basically. And this is a really interesting thing because A, we can help more people now. And B, hopefully I can train some people up to phone calls so we can reach more people and get more people moving, which is what this is all about. But what's really interesting is the conversations I'm having with these people. And there's this real process I go through in having these conversations. So, and I'll tell you. So the first part of the conversation is creating understanding. So I just I just literally say, hey, it's Bevan here. Um, you know, you did my survey. Or you did, you know, you showed interest in what we're doing. I'd love to have a chat about your fitness. And and I start off just tell, by saying, tell me where your fitness is at. And for the next five, ten minutes, we have a conversation around their fitness. Now, this is a really important part of the conversation because my job at this stage is just to show amazing understanding of their position. So there's some really key questions I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask, where are they currently? What's created their current situation? Kind of what's the cost of them not exercising? Where do they want to be? And, and, I'm, and I'm literally just throwing basic questions at them to get a really good understanding of their situation. Now, once we've got through that period of the conversation, the next thing I, I will do is I will show and should do a wrap-up. I'll, I'll tell them what I think they've taught me. So, so I've, I've really kind of, I've listened really well, I've asked some questions, and then by the end of this, I should have a good understanding of the position this person is in, both in where they currently are, both in the course, both in where they want to get to, and just anything I pick up along the way. So at the end of it, I kind of just go, okay, here's what I hear, and I just kind of do a wrap-up of this. Once I've done that, then I say, can I offer some advice? And at this moment, I offer amazing advice. Like, I've helped thousands of people bring exercise into life. So I kind of know the problems these are gonna, people are going to face. And, and I often will give three pieces of, of great advice. Really, really good. Like I'm, I'm just giving advice which I really think, even if they don't join our group, and we have had people who just couldn't join our group. And at the end of the conversation, I say, look, please take on my advice and apply my advice. And the reason I want to give them advice is because I want them to see that there's a path forward. You know, obviously, the first part of the conversation is building trust, that I understand you. And then the second part of the conversation is that I can help provide you with solutions. And that then helps when it comes to us saying, do you want to join the group? I've got to be honest. If I, if I can give great advice, then that will, when it comes to, hey, how about joining our group, then that won't be a problem. And actually, what's really interesting in this whole process, and again, this isn't really a business conversation. I haven't really even got to what I want to talk about today, but... When, what's really interesting is if I do a really good job in those first two steps and then and then I talk about our product and I talk about how we get into where they want to get to, no one ever asks about price. Like when I say, do you want to join? Pretty much all of them say yes. And no one ever asks about price. And then when I say the price, they often say, that seems really cheap. So it's, it's really interesting because I always thought that maybe price was a barrier, but actually what I hadn't done a very good job of or in the phone call what I've done is been able to show more value than the price that they are paying. And it's just, it was just an interesting insight from these conversations. But one of the, so when it goes back to that kind of me giving advice, so when I go back to the first part of the conversation, there's, there's, I hear this a lot when I'm talking to these people. When I, when I talk about where are you right now and why are you there, one of the things I hear a lot is I lack motivation and I'm lazy. I lack motivation and I'm lazy. This is something I hear 
probably in 70% of these phone calls I've been doing over this last period of time. Lack motivation and I'm lazy. So when it then comes to me giving advice, one of the first things I often talk about is the need to get good at motivation. And this has got me thinking. It's got me thinking a lot, and this is what I'm going to talk about today. Show the idea of motivation. One thing, one thing that we've discovered, and through these conversations, and through helping beginners, is you know why why we why do we get so many people running five k's? Well, we create motivation. We create amazing motivation. And one thing I often talk to in these conversations, I have people. I say when people join our group. The people who join a group, when before they join a group, they say, I lack motivation, I'm lazy. And then two weeks, two or three weeks into sessions, they don't want to miss a session. So how does that happen? How does it happen that someone who said, I'm lazy and I'm unmotivated, two weeks later, don't want to miss the next session? Now, obviously, we've done a lot of things to help them do this. But before I even go to that, and before I talk about ways to be motivated, when think people ring about bringing exercise into their life, what do they think they search for? They search for... A plan, don't they? Like, what do most people do? Okay, I need to, uh, you know, I'm not exercising. I'm sick of being overweight. I'm sick of not having energy. I need to do something. What am I going to do? I'm going to find a plan. Now, the plan may come from a PT. Nowadays, a lot of people are downloading apps. Apps fail. I, I'm going to be honest. Most people who download apps, they don't work. And, and it's not I'm saying all apps don't work. I'm sure there are some good apps that do. But it's, 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 most people who download apps, the apps work for people who are already pretty self-disciplined and already have really good tools in place. An app's just a program. And this is the thing I was thinking about as I've been having these conversations. When people want to create change, they put all the emphasis on finding the plan that will help them create change. And that's important. Don't get me wrong. It's not that you don't need a plan. You need a really good plan. And you need a plan that understands where you are. You need a plan that can safely guide you forward and with the education and direction and, and experiences that are going to help you be successful. But to me, as I've been having these conversations, as I've been thinking about, to me, more importantly, or at least on par, maybe even more importantly, the first step in the journey should be how do I guarantee I'm going to be motivated on this journey? How do I guarantee I'm going to be motivated on this journey? So let's say, for example, you're somebody who's in your life right now and you're not doing any exercise. You know, you're not doing any exercise at all. And you were to say to yourself, how do I guarantee, you know, or you say to yourself, you want to bring exercise into your life. And the first thing you were to say to yourself is, okay, well, I want to do this move and I want to achieve this goal. But the first thing I want to focus on is, how can I guarantee I'm going to be motivated along the way? And then secondly, you go, what's my plan? Now, you may do that in, in, you know, at the same time, but you'd almost put that emphasis just as much on the motivation as the plan. Because to me, if you don't have motivation, you're not going to do the plan anyway, are you? And the second thing I'm learning in these conversations I've had with people is most people try to put too much responsibility on themselves when it comes to motivation. And these people are people that self-identify as being unmotivated. So you're an unmotivated person and you try to put all the responsibility on yourself to be motivated. And you don't have those skills, you don't have those that you don't have the tools, you don't have the strategies. Good luck to you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> good luck to you because to me, that's a failing strategy.
So what I wanted to do in today's show is, first of all, to, un- to put that point forward, that in any change journey, one of your first tools should be is, what are the, how am I going to get motivation tools alongside me to guarantee me to be successful? Okay, that's the first thing. Then alongside my plan and my guidance, but but ultimately I want to put just as much time into finding my motivational techniques as I would in finding a plan. Okay. Secondly, what I want to do is just share some things that I've learned because, as I said before, if you're unmotivated and lazy and you try to put all the responsibility on yourself, good luck with that. If I'm a beating man, it'd be hard to back you. It's not. It's not that you couldn't. But you're choosing the hardest path forward. So what I wanted to do today is I just wanted to talk about some things around motivation that you can think about when you're trying to install change journey and the motivation in it. So the first thing is I fundamentally believe people need people. I fundamentally believe it. And in my book that's coming out a few months from now, one of the first baby steps is getting people to equip to a community. Getting people to a community. Why, as I said before, people join our group, they say they're unmotivated, unfit, un, you know, unmotivated. Two weeks later, they don't want to miss session. Why is that? Well, we put them in a group. Now, when it comes to getting to people, there's a couple important things here because a lot of people do join groups and it actually just makes them fail. So when it comes to joining people, the first thing is it needs to be a group of people of similar ability. Like when people join our 5K group, they're not running with our half marathon group. You know, they're not doing that. What they're doing is they're having a shared experience with everyone else who's starting their 5K journey. So I think that's a really important aspect, particularly if you're new to an area of your life. Because if you join a group of hardcore or high level people, you actually just feel like a failure and it becomes a real unmotivator for you. So you do want to join a group of people of similar ability. And I also think if we're thinking maximum motivation experience, I love the idea of all moving towards the same outcome. So it might be that you and a group of friends are going to do a tramp together in eight weeks from now, that's a really awesome tramp. Or it might be that you do a cycle ride that's really cool. Or it might be you join a group that's a beginner running group like might get up to five. Or it might be a, a beginner CrossFit class for beginners to go through their, you know, to, to do their first wad, you know, hardcore in six weeks from now. Whatever it is. It, it, it's a group. I, I, I love the camaraderie of similar ability because it means everyone's going through the same kind of journey at the same time. The shared experience is a much safer shared experience. And I also like an outcome. I love an outcome that everyone's working towards at the same time because there is, there's just something about that that gives you a higher level. Now, obviously, having a goal is a motivator. And one thing I talk about with a goal is having what I call a sexy goal. I've talked about this on the show a lot of times. Um, it's that goal that if you were to achieve it, you'd be proud of yourself. So ideally, you want to find that goal but you also want to find a group of people that are doing that goal as well. Secondly, got to have great leaders. Got to have great leaders. The, the group, you know, like you often will get groups of friends who will start to, you know, like, you know, you may have done this. It might be that you haven't been exercising and, you know, you decide you want to do this walk three months from this tra- trail and you get four, you know, maybe 10 friends together and you're all pretty unmotivated and it's not that it doesn't happen, but often those things fall apart. Because the, the skill of the group doesn't have the motivational tools that a leader can bring to it. 
Now, it's not to say that it can't be done with a group of friends. You just need a group, somebody in that group to be a pretty good leader at keeping... Like I think of my runners. There's one of our, one of our amazing runners. She's actually a, a patron, Libby. All in Libby, I call her. Libby, um, Libby is great because Libby is... A, she's, she's a hoot. Um, but B, the thing about Libby is she knows she needs people. So Libby's the person who's going to bring people together to exercise because she knows she needs it for herself. But she's also a bit of a leader of making sure people are accountable to what they do with exercise. So she's a really valuable person for those in her life when it comes to exercise because she's the kind of person who's going to ring you and say, hey, come on, we're doing a session in the morning, make sure you're there. She's going to have that level of leadership. Now, Libby's not a fitness professional, but she's the kind of person a group needs. So when we think about a leader, it can be someone who's not someone you'd pay for in the facility of like a fitness leader. Although I do recommend that it's probably the best option, but at a minimal, you'd want a Libby in there. You'd want that person who's really good at self-guiding and kind of keeping people accountable to the responsibility of the group. When it comes to choosing leader, leaders, I think a couple of things. First of all, they know how to create great environments. Environments that make you feel welcome, that make you feel included, that make you feel you belong. They have some standards. They have some expectations that... Um, you know, just that kind of higher level stuff. They also know how to develop the different types of people. You know, even within I get up to five, they're all beginners, but there is different people in the group. We do get gym people who are kind of actually pretty comfortable with exercise, but they just bring rain into their life. And then we get the person who's absolutely shit scared of turning up to their first exercise session. So the, the leader needs to understand the needs of the group and how to cater to the different needs, both physically and emotionally. You know, they shouldn't just have this kind of one-size-fits-all one approach. You know, and I know for me, there's sometimes um, I, can, I can have the hard conversation. I can say hard things. I can put hard expectations on people. And sometimes I can be the shoulder of the cry on. Sometimes I can just give people love and a high five. You know, when we think about leaders, it's their ability to understand the different needs of different people so that they can understand you. Because if they can understand you, then, like, interestingly, the, the guy I'm going to interview next time, he he did a Ironman last weekend, and this guy is just challenge, challenge, challenge. So, you know, I understand, I understand him. And um, about three weeks before he was doing his race, about four weeks, he's kind of in the biggest part of his training you know, he's been training like a beast for like 50, 50 weeks. He was tired, and he just had a moment where he was just a bit over it. Understandably, he'd been training like he's doing big weeks, big job, all the rest of it. And sometimes you give people permission to take it easy. But this person, isn't, he didn't need that. He needed me to give him a bit of a challenge. And my challenge to him was, mate, you're the fittest you're ever going to be, and three weeks from now you're never going to be training this hard again in your life because this is the only chance he had to do an Ironman. This is a challenge. You know, this is, this is, you, you love this. And as much as I know you're tired and you do, we do need to do things to look after you, right now, enjoy this challenge because you're going to love this moment after the fact. And he came back and he said that message to him was really important. Now, for some other people, I might have said, actually, you need to pull back. You know, you're, you're, you're emotional, you're drained, blah, blah, blah. But for this person, because I understand and I've learned to work with him in a way that works for him best, I knew the best place to go to was to manage his mindset back to challenge mindset through this last period. And he smashed it. And so that's what a good leader has the ability to do. Has the ability to understand the different needs of the different people and also how to challenge and grow the different people in the group.
So that's that's the second thing when I think with motivation is find a leader. And, and you know, a good leader, if we go back to the group, they would have created a group with, you know, something's very your ability, something that everyone works towards, you know, that's what good leaders do. Or good organisations, you know, leaders can be organisations. So that's the second thing you want to think about when it comes to motivation. The third area to think about is what I'd call tools, tools for motivation. Actually, interestingly, this morning I was coaching a session for our runners. It's an 80-minute session where basically 70 minutes of it, they're doing different intensities. So they do half marathon pace. So for those who don't know much about running, I'd say half marathon pace is solid running that you can do for a long time. It's it's not killer, um, but it's definitely not easy. It's kind of in that mid-range. And then they do some 10K work. 10K is you know, good solid running where you're uncomfortable and they did some short blocks of 5k work and that's where you're pushing really hard. And they're kind of working through this session as they're going along. And as I'm, you know, about 70, maybe 65, 70 minutes in the session, they've been going for a long time and they've still got like 10, 15 minutes to go. And I was talking to the runners about how they are now in the hardest part of the session. And what they're trying to learn, obviously we're trying to get the physical conditioning that the session is designed to give them, but also we're trying to learn how to navigate through this time. You know, how do you not let the, the, the pressure off? So let's say, for example, you run a five-minute K. How, when you're in this moment, do you not go to a five-minute 20 or a six-minute K? How do you stay on that five-minute K pace? And in that moment, what we want to think about is what motivational tools are you going to use? And this is something we're going to think about when we think about motivation. And I like the idea of what tools have I developed within myself and what tools do I need to develop moving forward? And one of the best ways to do this is to break down moments and try strategies. Break down moments and try strategies. Uh, interestingly, we, we, we've, we've had our running group, our new, you've got that online product, My5K Dream. We've got our new batch of people starting that recently and they're kind of in the beginning of their second week now. And um, what's been interesting is they, a lot of them, have, you know, first week we're just trying to get them to learn how to get out the door. And a lot of them had moments where they almost were talking themselves out of exercise. And one lady said, I was talking myself out of it. And then I thought to myself, no, I need to get the session done. And my husband and I were going to shops or something like that. And so my strategy was to tell my husband that when I get to shop, I'm going to walk home because that's my, the amount of walking that I need to do today. Now, what did she do? Well, she used good strategies. She used support. She used a strategy of kind of <laughs> having only one option. And she pre-thought how she'll win that moment. And I really loved that because it was a good example of me identifying a moment that I would normally fail with, putting a good strategy in place, and then using motivational tools to help myself do that. Now, when it comes to other motivational tools, well, timeframes are really good motivational tools. You know, like, how long can I hold this place for? Uh, other motivational tools is momentum. Momentum's, you know, when we think about a long experience, not just in one day session, but like if you've got a training plan where you're going to do something for three months, a long experience is something you need to think about there. So, like, if you keep turning up and doing the sessions, you build momentum. Whereas if you miss a few sessions each week, you're always on the edge of coming and going. And so what we're thinking about is building momentum is a really good motivational tool. Um, I love the idea of looking for the challenge. 
You know, one thing I was talking to my runners this morning is, is that hitting that last 10, 15 minutes is that you actually want to enjoy the fact you're in this moment and, and challenge yourself, enjoy the fact you're facing a challenge. Now, I'm just throwing some motivational tools at you right now. Music. You know, what I talk about my run on, it's my run on Saturday, I put the Benz on by Radiohead. Nature, other people, uh, you know, again, coaches, you know, all of these things are things you want to be putting in place. And if you were to sit down at the beginning of each week, each training week, here's something to think about. If you were to sit down at the beginning of each training week, and, you know, at the beginning of this whole session here, I said, one thing we want to work on is this idea of don't just look at the plan, look at your motivational tools, what you've got to implement. And if you were to sit down at the beginning of each week and you were to say, okay, here's all the training I'm going to do, what motivational tools am I going to use for each aspect? So for the aspect of making sure I get out the door and do it, for the aspect of having to do a hard set, for the aspect of having a long session, for the aspect of pushing through and I want to give up, you know, and you identify those moments and you go, okay, then what tool am I going to use? Okay, the night before, you know, I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to put, you know, wake up and put a, my favourite song on so it gets me out of bed and gives me energy. You know, you can see that by planning your motivation, you're going to be more motivated in that moment. And that's what we've got to put our mind to. And that's why I wanted to do today's podcast, because to me, we should be spending just as much time on how we're going to be good at motivation than and as much as our plan that we try to create as we try to develop growth in our life. And I guarantee if you can spend time developing your motivational tools and putting them in place, you're going to be way more successful at applying the actions that will create the change that you desire. Like, I guarantee it. It's a no-brainer. And that's what I want you to think about today. So as I kind of wrap it up, first of all, how much time do you spend on thinking about your motivation? Seriously, how much time are you spending thinking about your motivation? Then from there, what tools are you going to use for motivation? Now, I've just thrown some tools at you today. You'll learn better tools for you. You know, the podcast I did on chat, I've been using that third-person voice. It's a great motivator for me. You know, these types of things are the things we want to be implementing as we move through our journey. So... What I want you to keep reminding yourself of is put as much energy into my motivation, identify when I'm going to need motivation, and then put tools I know work and develop more tools and strategies to help me be more motivated in my life. If you do this, I guarantee you'll end up doing more of the actions that you love doing to grow in your life. And then you're going to step down the road. What do I say? You'll be that higher version of yourself. Radio team, so that's that's today's show done and dusted. Yeah, think about that. I, I, I do think it's really it's amazing how many people say they lack motivation. It's amazing. Seriously, like pretty much every call I do, and I'm guaranteed some people listen to this go, yeah, I lack motivation. Well, actually, something I didn't talk about is maybe change that change that context. Don't say I lack motivation. I haven't developed good motivational tools, and my job is to learn how I can bring them into my life. You know, change it from that fixed mindset of I, I suck at motivation to I'm developing my ability to you know, have these tools in my life. Because I guarantee if you can do that, 
you'll be more motivated, you'll act higher, and you'll be a higher version of yourself. That's today's show pretty much done and dusted. Uh, what do I have to promote here? My book's coming out soon. I, I talked a lot about it in the last episode. It's June, kind of the loose date that's going to be coming. So we'll get ready for that. And then other than that, yeah, I'm not. My my 5K dreams have been closed. We've got a new group starting, so you can't do that right now. But I'll be letting you guys know when I do my next group for my 5K dream. Um, yeah, get out there, have a wonderful couple of weeks. Thank you to the patrons of the show. If you like the show, go onto your podcatcher and click on, uh, you know, give a review. I've been having problems with Spotify. For the Spotify listeners, I'm not quite sure, but not every episode's going up, and I can't figure out why. So I am looking into that. We'll, we'll try to figure that out. If, um, you can get it from the website. You can get it from Apple. Uh, I think Google Play has it, so if you've got the Google Podcast app. Most podcast apps it's going to be on, uh, but again, you can just go to the website directly, download it there. Anyway, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with the interview that I was meant to have today, which I think is going to be a pretty amazing interview. As always, keep being you.